Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on this year's program, 877-973-7425. In the last hour, the last call, who will the Democratic fall guy be? I mean, it'll be the voters. It'll be Hispanic voters. It'll be that. But they always have one person they blame. I think Stacey Abrams is going to get blamed a lot for a lot of what happens. But there is someone else who's going to get blamed. When we get to the day after all the election and the Democrats begin to assess who is their fall guy, they are rapidly going to go back to Joe Biden. They are rapidly going to go back to Joe. They're going to say it's him. They're going to say he's too old. Maybe he really should be one term. And maybe he should have done some of the things he did. If we want to go with the doddering old fool version of Joe Biden, well, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Did you know, did you know that first class is racist? Decision. Some airlines, if you want six more inches between you and the seat in front, you pay more money. But you don't know it until you purchase your ticket. Look, folks, these are junk fees. They're unfair and they hit marginalized Americans the hardest, especially low-income folks and people of color. First class is apparently racist and you don't know you're buying a first class ticket. Uh, Really? This really? This is... This is what he's now campaigning on. This and um, the 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 transgender activist who's a guy who dresses up as a girl and and does like role play of what it's like to be a girl. I saw a column yesterday from the American Spectator uh, that uh, my gender is not your plaything. Joe Biden is going to be responsible for what happens. His policies will be what re- is responsible for what happens, and I think Democrats will begin to turn on him as well. I need to play you something. If you got my morning email, you would have seen this clip. I'm going to play you this audio. For some of you, it's going to be hard for you to understand it. I will tell you what he says. This is Abdulaziz bin Salman al-Saud. This is the oil minister for Saudi Arabia. He said this yesterday. It has not gotten the attention of the American press corps the way it should. This is bad news for Joe Biden. Listen to this. Again, I'll tell you what he says. For some of you, it may be a little hard for you to understand him. People are depleting their emergency stocks. Yes. Had depleted it. Used it as a mechanism to uh, manipulate markets. While it is profound purpose was to mitigate shortages of supply, be it as it may, it's everybody's choice. However, however, it is my profound duty to make it clear to the world that losing emergency stock may become painful in the months to come. Did you get that? People are depleting their People emergency, are depleting stocks, their emergency have stocks. Have depleted it. Have depleted it. Used it as a mechanism. Used it as a mechanism. Uh, 
manipulate markets for the markets while it is profound purpose well its profound was purpose to mitigate was to mitigate shortages shortages be it as it may be it as it may everybody's choice everybody's however, choice however however it is my profound duty it is my profound duty to make it clear to, to make it clear to everyone that losing emergency that losing stock emergency stock may become may become painful in, months in the months to come in other words joe biden depleted the strategic petroleum reserve to get the democrats reelected joe biden wanted to get oil prices lower and bring down the cost of a gallon of gas to mitigate the damage to the Democrats. He has drained the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Democrats have no way around this basic fact. Donald Trump wanted to fill up the Strategic Petroleum Reserves when oil was at $24 a barrel, and the Democrats in Congress refused to oblige Donald Trump. The price of a barrel of oil today is around $90. And if Joe Biden wants to spend money to refill the stock, it's going to be prohibitively expensive, particularly with the $31 trillion national debt and interest rates going up. This is the Saudi oil minister. They have cut their production and he wants people to know that if you have eliminated your reserves for whatever reason, and that's for you to decide, but the reason for your reserves was for hard times and shortages and people decided to reduce them for things other than those, Joe Biden, well, it's going to be painful for you in the near future. This is the Saudi oil minister. This has not gotten the national press coverage that it should be getting. This has not gotten the national media to focus on this statement from the Saudi oil minister, and it should. This is the Saudi oil minister saying, essentially, the Americans are back in the Carter era. Look forward to the gas lines, people. The New York Times today has a story out. U.S. officials had a secret oil deal with the Saudis, or so they thought. After Saudi leaders pushed to slash oil production despite a visit by President Biden, American officials have been left fuming, thinking they were duped. As President Biden was planning a politically risky trip to Saudi Arabia this summer, his top aides thought they had struck a secret deal to boost oil production through the end of the year, an arrangement that could have helped justify breaking a campaign pledge to shun the kingdom and its crown prince. It didn't work out that way. Mr. Biden went through with the trip, but earlier this month, Saudi Arabia and Russia steered a group of oil-producing countries in voting to slash oil production by 2 million barrels per day, the opposite of the outcome the administration thought it had secured as the Democratic Party struggles to deal with inflation and high gas prices headed into the November election. The move led angry Biden administration officials to reassess America's relationship with the kingdom and produced a flurry of accusatory statements between the two governments, including a charge by the White House that Saudi Arabia was helping Russia in its war with Ukraine. 
Here's what the New York Times doesn't get in its story, that this was a deal by the Biden administration to manipulate oil markets in order to help the Democrats at the polls. Can you imagine how the New York Times would have covered this story if Donald Trump had done this in the run-up to a midterm election? This is Joe Biden. I mean, the story admits, out of the gate, had struck a secret deal to boost oil production through the end of the year. What are the implications there? They don't draw it about Joe Biden. They sure as heck would have drawn those implications if it had been Donald Trump. They absolutely would have made the case that Donald Trump was trying to manipulate oil markets to save Republicans at the polls, but they're not doing that for Joe Biden. You know it, and I know it, they would have. And in fact, let's be honest, this is exactly what Joe Biden was doing, trying to manipulate oil prices to save the Democrats. Now, here's something that must be said. Over the last 48 hours on this program, I have played you clips and read you columns from pundits saying voters are voting to kill democracy. It is the death of democracy. By the way, multiple listeners are telling me Fox News just played this clip of the Saudi oil minister right after I played it. Let me reiterate, though. This is really important. In the last 48 hours, partisans on the left in news publications, on news programs, have said voters are voting to kill democracy because they're voting for their pocketbook. They're not voting for democracy. By voting for their pocketbook, they're voting for Republicans. Republicans are anti-democracy. They believe the election was stolen. Therefore, voters are voting to end democracy. By democratically voting, voters are ending democracy. That is the democratic view right now. But the Democratic view is also that you and I must give up cheap fossil fuels in order to save the planet. That you and I are to blame for the destruction of the planet. Therefore, we must pay higher prices. And we must come to terms with and accept those higher prices for gas to force a transition to electric-powered vehicles that are ultimately powered by fossil fuels. This is the Democratic belief. The environmentalists have taken over the Democratic Party. The result is a voter backlash because costs have gone up too much, too high, too fast. Inflation has gone up in large part because of energy prices. It costs more now to transport the cow to the butcher shop. It costs now more to get the pieces of the cow cut up by the butcher to the grocery store. It costs more now to drive to the grocery store to get the pieces of the cow. It costs more now to grow the grain because you got to power the tractors. And the tractors now take way more uh, costly fuel. I was watching a video the other day of a farmer up in the Midwest talking about the, the cost of filling up a tractor to harvest corn had been 300 bucks. Now it's $700 to fill up the tractor once. All of these costs come to you in the form of higher prices. 
If the Democrats really cared about saving democracy, they would put as many holes in the ground as possible to pull out as much oil as possible to make up the two million barrels a day Saudi Arabia is cutting so that we can't be held hostage by Saudi Arabia. Instead, the Biden administration's position has been to hold you and me hostage to third world governments, to rely on dictators instead of Dakotans, to rely on tyrants instead of Texans to get our oil. They don't want any more oil rigs in this country. And the environmentalists on the left, they quibble this. They actually, actually, we've got 9,000 leases that haven't been used in the United States on federal land. Yes, because the Biden administration has repeatedly said they intend to make oil companies extinct. It takes 20 years for companies to make these holes profitable. So if the Biden administration is pledging to make these oil companies extinct, why do they want to drill a new hole into the ground that will take 20 years for profitability when they're going to be out of business before they make a profit? They have no incentive to drill. The Biden administration has taken more federal land off of the rolls for oil companies than any president since Harry Truman. The president of the United States has curtailed more ocean uh, territory in the Gulf of Mexico than any president of the United States ever for oil production. The president of the United States has canceled ANWR. The president of the United States has driven up regulations. The president of the United States has driven up red tape. The president of the United States has slowed regulatory approval despite saying he was increasing it. He's actually decreased the number of regulators, and so has increased the time it takes to get approval for new oil rigs. He's done all of these things to force us to transition to things we cannot physically, scientifically, physically transfer to. We don't have enough batteries. We don't have enough lithium production. We don't have enough battery production. We don't have enough parts. If the Democrats were really worried about saving democracy and really wanted to prevent the rise of the Republicans, what they would do would be to make energy as cheap as possible, which would eradicate inflation and probably give them some credit and keep them in power, if not mitigate the damage so sufficiently they had a fighting chance at the polls. But they can't do that because the environmentalist left has taken over the Democratic Party and told the Democratic Party, we've got 10 years or else. The Democrats have therefore believed it and so they will see Republicans win in November because they caused inflation, because they decided to curtail American oil production, and they will see us held hostage by the Saudi oil ministry, which will be able to provoke an economic meltdown in this country unlike anything we've seen since the Carter administration because this administration has refused to rely on American energy production. We were a net exporter of energy under Donald Trump. And today we're having to beg third world dictators to give us more oil so that we can ride ourselves to the office. I want to tell you guys a little about a group I've been working with, Americans for Prosperity. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the largest grassroots network in the country fighting to expand freedom and opportunity so that we can unleash prosperity in America again. Here's what I like about Americans for Prosperity. They focus on building movements at the community level, not Washington, D.C. That's actually how I first came to know them, in Georgia, helping rise up the Tea Party movement in 2010. They understand we're not going to find solutions in Washington. we got to take power out of Washington. 
That's going to have to come from Americans like you outside the Beltway bubble. That's why I'm excited to partner with Americans for Prosperity to provide an effective platform where we can talk to our fellow Americans and advocate for solutions to the most critical challenges facing the country. I encourage you to learn more about Americans for Prosperity by going to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let me go to Tracy next. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Hey, Charlie's doing a great job. I think you need to give him a raise. Oh, stop it. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Eric, have, have you known any Democrats to have changed their vote to Republican? And if so, because, you know, we're all so entrenched nowadays, um, what finally convinced them to switch and and vote Republican? And or do you think just if they are, they're going to do it in secret behind the curtain? Uh, So I actually know several Democrats who are Democrats who are voting for Brian Kemp in Georgia. And I know several Democrats uh, who are voting for Ron DeSantis in Florida. And they all say the exact same thing in both regards, competence, uh, that they steered the states through COVID better than what the national media feels like they, they did. Their experience on the ground is different from what they hear about in the press reports they read, and they feel like they're going to reward them. Now, both of these people that I know, well, both of these groups that I know, because uh, multiple people in each state, they're Warnock voters, uh, they will vote for the Democrat in Georgia for a lieutenant governor. They will vote for Brad Raffensperger for secretary of state. Uh, but they're voting Democrat otherwise. But they're voting for Brian Kemp, not Stacey Abrams. In Georgia or in Florida, the ones I know there, basically the same thing. They, they don't like Marco Rubio. They're voting for Val Demons. They like Ron DeSantis, so they're voting for DeSantis. They're otherwise voting Democrat. Uh, and it comes back to the same thing, court competence, that they have been persuaded that these Republicans, when they see the press reports about how terrible they are, realize their on-the-ground real-world experience in Georgia and Florida is completely different from what the media says. And so they will vote for those governors for good fiscal stewardship of their states, even though they don't agree with them on a lot of stuff. I do part of think think it is as well. They think they're going to win anyway. They might as well be on the winning team. There is something to that. When you're ready to hop into a soft, cozy bed, your sheets make a big difference. Bold and Branch sheets use only the best 100% organic cotton threads on earth for superior softness that only gets more luxurious with every wash. I know, because I sleep in Bowling Brand sheets. And let me tell you, you know, they start off like your standard bed sheet, and you're thinking, what's the big deal? Well, wash them. You see the difference. Wash them again. You feel the difference more and more. They get softer over time, and they've got the perfect weight. They've got that weight in the summertime where you feel like substantively there's something on you, but yet you're not sweating to death. And in the wintertime, it's just the perfect snug fit for the Bowling Brand sheets. They focus on thread quality, not quantity, although the quality and the quantity both are fantastic. Now, they got over 25,000 rave customer reviews made from the highest quality threads you can get. Bowl and Branch signature sheets come in nine colors. They fit all mattress sizes. You will feel the difference. And again, you got a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. What do you have to lose? Try them. Keep washing them. They get softer and softer. Go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. Use promo code ERIC. You'll get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping with the promo code ERIC. My name at bowlandbranch.com. Again, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. The promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K.
Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, let's go back to the phones. Denise, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, What's going my on? Question is, my question is, uh, you mentioned leases, uh, permits for drilling, fracking, et cetera that aren't allowed to be used on federal lands. I mean, how much of the United States, and I know most of it's in the Western states, is owned by the federal government? And wasn't that when they were territories and not independent states? Shouldn't the rights go back to those states uh, rather than the federal government? And I understand that, you know, it was put in place to preserve natural beauty, whatever. But given that, given that we're in a crisis and totally dependent on others for our energy, shouldn't, shouldn't those rights go back to the states? Well, they should. Here's the problem. Uh, the reservations cede uh, the control of mineral access to the federal government. Uh, they get the land, but they don't get the minerals. And they have permission to get the minerals uh, and to use the extraction for the benefit of the of the Indian reservations, except on the first day of the Biden administration, he signed an order prohibiting the extraction of minerals from Indian lands, um, ordered the Justice Department to prefer, or not the Justice Department, the Interior Department. So, for example, uh, the Ute Indian tribe uh, produces 45,000 barrels of crude oil a day. Uh, and 900 million cubic feet per day of natural gas. Uh, that was the data back in 2017. The Biden administration, on the first day of his administration, suspended the authority of the Interior Department to add extra fossil fuels permits and leases. So the tribes can get out of the ground what they're already getting out of the ground, but they can't expand their production. Uh, that's causing part of the problem here. When you talk about leases being given, and this is what the Biden administration says, is, well, they got 9,000 leases that aren't being used. Yes, they're not being used for a couple of reasons. One, they have slowed down the approval process dramatically. Two, they have said they intend to put the oil and gas business out of business. It takes, contrary to what Democrats would have you believe, it takes 20 years to turn a profit. And when they're being told they're going to be put out of business within the next 20 years, there's no reason for them to put a hole in the ground to extract the oil when they're not going to make their money back. It's a bad investment. Would you do it? If you knew you were going to lose the money, would you invest in this? The uh, Mandan, Hidasta, and Arakari nation in North Dakota produce a lot of oil and gas. They have criticized the Biden administration, uh, saying that this is a disruption of treaty rights with the Indian tribes. The Biden administration has refused to walk it back, saying essentially they put an uh, American Indian in as the interior secretary, and she says it's better for the environment, and they're going to go with her and her opinion, not with the tribes. Now, listen, this is John Kerry speaking yesterday. Now, in Glasgow, we were encouraged that over 450 private sector financial firms responsible for $130 trillion in assets committed to net zero. A year later, we're seeing a few signs of, of a little, you know, ripple of discontent therein. But 
we cannot slow this down. For every one dollar invested in low carbon energy supply, a dollar ten is invested in fossil fuels. Go figure. The math and the science unequivocally make clear we just can't hit our targets unless we dramatically change that ratio. So we need private sector financial institutions to recognize the financial risks associated with a disorderly, chaotic, but inevitable transition to net zero if we don't manage it more effectively. We need those institutions to systematically recognize the financial risks that the impacts of climate change pose to their own assets. You want a disruptor in the marketplace? Continue down the road of not adequately responding. You got that. Uh, we've still got to push to green renewables. We can't keep our gas-powered cars. And that, frankly, is going to wreck our economy. It just in all honesty and seriousness and candor. Unfortunately for all of us now, uh, the the Green New Deal or whatnot is considered political. Climate change is considered political. I don't care where you are on climate change, whether you think it's real or not. A move to electric vehicles is an impractical move in this country. The reason is, one, the access to lithium mining in this country and abroad makes us more dependent on China. We've gone from dependence on Saudi Arabia to dependence on China for lithium and minerals to make electric vehicles. They are more expensive for the poor. Sure, the cost is coming down, and sure, there are subsidies. But take the LED light bulb. The LED light bulb, the price has come down, but it's still more expensive than an incandescent light bulb. And a lot of people would much prefer to pay for the cheap incandescent light bulb, knowing it's going to go out six months to a year, than pay the extra money for the lead, because the money they have now is only enough to buy the incandescent light bulb. People will sometimes sacrifice the option that saves them money long-term because they don't have the money to pay for that more expensive option right now. Take heat pumps. The Biden administration is giving people tax credits to swap out to more efficient heat pumps. The problem is the tax credit comes back to you when you file your federal taxes next year. You don't have the money in the here and now to pay for the heat pump. They say they're making it more affordable. They say you can apply for loans, all of these things, but it drives up costs to Americans to be able to do these things in the here and now. They have not come up with a good comprehensive plan, nor does the federal government have the money to make it possible. On top of that, they've reduced oil refinery capacity in this country. They're not building new oil refineries in this country. And again, when you got 20 years to make a profit and the Biden administration wants to put you out of business in the next 10 years, you're not going to build a new oil refinery. So we're straining our ability to refine already. We've reduced our ability to pull from our own ground. We've driven up costs. And then the market demands as the government subsidizes electric vehicles, the price of electric vehicles goes up, making them even more expensive. We already saw that major electric car manufacturers raised the prices of their cars equal to 
the tax credit or higher. It's like it's not just that Democrats have forgotten how to run campaigns. Like, how are they so bad at politics right now? How are they not meeting people halfway on the issues people care about, which are crime and the economy and the cost of things? Instead, they're yelling at people that you must support us or you support the death of democracy. That doesn't work in politics. And Democrats, more than Republicans, used to understand that. It's like they've forgotten how to play politics. And then with the energy stuff, they've forgotten basic economics. They've forgotten how people operate. They've forgotten how people spend money. They've forgotten how to convince people to make these decisions. Democrats really believe that we are headed towards an ecological disaster. The nation and the world are at a tipping point ecologically, and they're not actually providing people the proper incentives to get people to convert, and they're not actually banking on good technologies to do it. If they were smart, they would be pouring federal research dollars into the production of hydrogen for hydrogen-powered cars. Don't think Hindenburg. There are plenty of vehicles out there right now that actually use hydrogen as a clean source. You know what comes out the other side? Water. Hydrogen is the most abundant element in the universe. You can run electricity through a glass of water and it will split off between hydrogen and oxygen. And you can produce hydrogen. You can store it more safely than you used to be able to in the past. It seems like that's a no-brainer to try to get people on those or at least expand pipelines for natural gas in this country Use propane and natural gas. It's far cleaner than coal, even though it's not the cleanest. We have readily available resources for natural gas in this country. They're shutting that down as well. They're not building pipelines. A Biden or no, an Obama appointed federal judge shut down a natural gas pipeline through Appalachia. It's driving up prices for natural gas in the country. The Biden administration refused to fight the judge, refused to appeal the case. Their energy policy in this country is designed to drive up your costs, to force you to make a change. The problem is, given the economy right now, even though they're trying to force you to make the change, you can't make the change because you don't have the money to do it. And now that you're voting in reaction to all of these things and you're voting not for them but for the other side, they're berating you and blaming you and refuse to accept any responsibility for provoking the crises and the costs that you are reacting to. They refuse to hold themselves responsible. They refuse to recognize they went too far too fast. And they're blaming you. And you will go to the polls and blame them on election day. And they still will not learn their lesson. It's unfortunate. But that's where we are. Let's go back to the phones. Jim, you're up next. Welcome to the show, Jim. How are you? Hey, Eric. Good morning or good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. What's going on? Well, I'm a first-time caller. Love your show. You tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. First of all, this plays into me. I'm thinking about the fuel supply, the oil supply, and the fact that the Biden administration has gone in and depleted, from what I understand, over half of our emergency supply that we keep on hand. Nobody seems to be talking about the fact that what happens if we continue to dip into that for the sake of trying to garner votes, and then we need that supply because China or Iran or Russia or whoever decides to come after us, and all of a sudden, 
we can't get fuel, we can't get oil because OPEC's cutting back production. And all of a sudden, we're in a situation where maybe we can't even fuel our military vehicles properly because we've gone through all of this emergency supply. I don't know if anybody else has thought about that, but that's what I'm thinking. Is like this. Listen, is a Jim. Huge, huge actually, mistake. a number of Republicans have raised this issue. My buddy Chip Roy down in Texas has been talking about this issue in the last week. Uh, a number of other Republicans have as well. That this is making us vulnerable at a national security level. If China were to invade Taiwan tomorrow, and we're pledged to help Taiwan, we wouldn't be able to. Uh, it would drive up our oil and gas prices. If if a terrorist got into one of our refineries and blew up one of the refineries, it would drive up prices radically. And the Biden administration has put in so many regulations, it would be very hard to rebuild those refineries and to rebuild them quickly to bring capacity online. We are looking at a national security issue thanks to the Biden administration and the media and the Democrats are excusing it as best they possibly can. They are running cover for Joe Biden on this he has made us vulnerable at a national security level. And the Chinese know it. The Russians know it. The Saudis are openly talking about it. And no one here really wants to talk about it. It's going to hurt us. It is obvious to anyone who has paid attention that we are going to get bitten very soon if something doesn't change. And I don't know what's going to change. Even if the Republicans take back Congress, in all honesty, I mean, what can they do? Joe Biden will veto anything unless he comes to his senses and stops listening to his radical wife and his radical vice president who want him to go all in on climate change and go in on EVs. Our tanks are not going to run on batteries, folks. They're just not. We need oil and gas to power our military. Right now, we also need coal and other natural gas to fire up our power plant so you can plug in the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and clean the air in your house. It gets rid of the mildew, the mold, the pollen, the dust, all of that good stuff. But more than that, what the Eden Pure Thunderstorm does is it eliminates odors, and that's actually kind of important. You eliminate odors, well, you make your living easier in your house. The musty odors, the smoke odors, the litter box odors, the pet odors, the frying odors from your kitchen, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm wipes them out. You can get three of them for less than $200 right now by going to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3, the number three, no space, ERIC3. EdenPureDeals.com, you get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. You're saving $200. You get free shipping, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your car. Look, you can plug this thing in with a USB cord in your car, or you can plug it directly into the wall. So clean the air in the car. You got somebody smoking in your car or somebody left leftovers in the car and it stinks. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm takes care of it. Musty hotel odors. I keep one in my suitcase just for that. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here, the phone number 877-973-7425. I want to answer this question. Those of you on the phones, just be patient with me. I, I got a question I want to answer. We got some phone calls during the break and then in the last segment on what are the, the how are the strategic petroleum reserves stored? Salt domes. Salt domes are naturally occurring underground, uh, and you can essentially put water down and then dissolve the salt, uh, a giant piece of rock salt, for example, drill into it, run water, pump the water out. 
Now, here's what you need to know. And those of you who cook a lot, you probably know this. Uh, spices dissolve in oil. So if you're cooking, particularly if you're making Indian food, you put in oil. When you get it hot, you can put in cinnamon. You can put in cayenne and stuff. And it, 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 the essences dissolve into the oil. They have natural oils that render into the hot oil. Salt does not dissolve in oil. So salt dissolves in water. And the spices don't. It's part of cooking. So when you put oil in a salt deposit, the oil does not dissolve the salt. And the salt deposits are 4,000 feet under the ground. So as the salts begin to crack, well, the pressure of the ground pushes the salt back together so it, the oil doesn't leak out of the salt deposit. That's why we keep oil reserves in salt deposits. It's really cheap to do. Above ground, it costs about $15 per barrel of oil. And below ground, it costs about $3. And they're so far below ground, they're also spared from military attack as well. They're 4,000 feet underground. Uh, you're not going to get a cave buster to blow up the salt deposit. Now, we extract it, and it takes about 13 days in many cases when the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is released to go to the refinery. And then it takes uh, up to a week because we use what's called a sour crude. It takes longer to refine. It takes a week or so to process it. But because the oil market is a futures market, the markets react immediately when oil is withdrawn from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And Biden has been blowing through the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to keep oil prices low in the run-up to the election. You're going to see a massive spike in oil prices and gas prices after the election. The media, of course, will blame the Republicans, but it will actually be the inevitable conclusion of Joe Biden withdrawing from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves that actually causes the problem. The more you know, people. Now, this hour of the program and this bit of knowledge is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you've got a business that's growing, reach out to them, see if they can help your business grow further. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. You can get their contact info. Tell them I sent you. But big loans for big deals, franchises, buying or building buildings, reach out to them. When we come back, I do want to take your phone calls. Marco Rubio is going to call in and also... There is new data in Georgia, and it is rippling nationwide and is giving Democrats a lot of heartburn when they process it. Uh, the control of the Senate may come down to Herschel Walker. You should know Gloria Allred has a new accuser out against Walker, but it's Gloria Allred, so I'm dismissive of it immediately as a partisan trick. But the numbers, the early voting numbers nationally, giving Democrats some heartburn. 